Heineke, doing car care right. Don't miss The Rich Eisen Show, following the morning tailgate, weekday mornings at 10, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Three preseason games are in the books. One left to go. That's coming up on Friday against the New England Patriots. Obviously, there's still a few days in between now and then, but uh, we're happy to be with you on this Monday following a game weekend where the Raiders came out victorious over the Miami Dolphins. Tell you all the time, wins and losses don't matter in the preseason, but just happy that we're getting close to the end of the preseason and getting ready for the start of the regular season, September 11th against the Chargers in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Both DeMond Cotton and myself, are both in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. It's nice to be here and on a day that was off for the players. No practice that we were out there to have to attend. It's still been a very, very busy day when it comes to all things silver and black. Found out early this morning that the Raiders uh, traded Nick Mullins, quarterback Nick Mullins, to the Minnesota Vikings. Conditional 2024 seventh-round pick, so not a whole lot for him in return, but... There you go. You know, you started looking at that quarterback battle. We said it last week, said, hey, uh, you know, it looks like Nick Mullins might have closed the gap a little bit with that performance he had against the Minnesota Vikings. And all, all in all, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Nick Mullins is on his way to Minnesota. Jarrett Stidham, no doubt about it, will be the backup quarterback for the Silver and Black. And, you know, it really kind of opens up the door for Chase Garbers to be a guy on the practice squad who I think showed a little something-something. The undrafted free agent out of Cal. I know ABA Ivan Davis is going to be happy about that. That was his guy. That was his selection uh, quite a while ago. So it uh, looks like the guys and the team are starting to really uh, come into form, right? Then we found out that uh, the Raiders signed a linebacker from the Texans, Tate Davis. We'll tell you about him later on. And then just a little while ago, Tom Palacero from the NFL Networks put out the news that the Raiders plan on releasing Kenyon Drake. And I believe that they've been trying to trade him. And I just don't think for his salary that uh, anyone really wants to take on that, that, uh, that, that bill. So, once he gets officially released, and I think they're trying to hold on to the last second uh, to see if a team steps up to the plate and, and trades for him, but once they officially do release him, I don't expect him to be out on the open market very long. I think he'll get a job pretty quick, fast, in a hurry, but uh, just I look at that contract and say, yeah, they're not going to pay you that. So basically, what the Silver and Black did, the Raiders paid Drake about $11 million at signing. Um, yeah, so didn't get a whole lot on return. Got 200-something yards rushing, 200 yards something re- receiving. Uh, just wasn't a whole lot for Kenyon Drake who I believe played about 12 games for the Raiders, and now he'll be on the outside looking in. And the running back room, DeMond, is starting to take a little bit of a shape now. Oh, yeah, this is good for, let's say, a Britton Brown. Hey, man, maybe you're a little bit closer to making this roster. But for Kenyon Drake, man, the, like you said, the Raiders just didn't get the return on the investment. And Josina no. Anderson said they're going to be keeping their ear to the phone right. for a potential 11th-hour trade. But it's just going to be... It's going to be hard for this for not to make the team as the running backs, but it's just going to be hard to see who's getting those touches and what it's going to look like when opening day comes around with the Chargers. 254 yards rushing for Drake, 291 is receiving yards in one year with the, the Raiders. <laughs> that's that's what he did and basically got $11.5 million. Not, not bad. I'll tell you right now, for Kenyon Drake, you feel like, hey, I'm winning. 
You know, I mean, I, I didn't do a whole lot. Did get injured. That always sucks uh, that he was he got injured and had to, uh, you know, had to go on the IR to end the season last year. But uh, for the most part, man, he, he got his money. So you can't get mad at that. And, of course, there'll be a little bit of dead money this year. Uh, there'll be some dead money next year as well. But Kenyon Drake will not be suiting up for the Raiders this year. So uh, the, the roster has to be trimmed down to 80 players by tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific time. So we'll see exactly who that is, who they uh, who they decide to move on from. But. You're starting to see, again, how this roster is starting to take shape. And we have so much to get to on today's show. I mean, we are locked and loaded. I say we're coming in hot. We're coming in hot like every single day. That's what we do. We just come in hot every single day. We're firing on all cylinders, and that's how it should be as we prepare for the upcoming season. Ed Grady, he's going to join us in studio coming up at 2.30. He's from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Also, the RJ, the Review Journal, does a fantastic job. We got to talk about that game on Saturday. I'm not going to dwell on the game. I'm not going to talk, you know, in in great detail about it. The Raiders came away with the victory. I always say victories, wins and losses don't really matter. But I'll tell you what mattered about that game was that right side of the offensive line. I know everyone's talking about Alex Leatherwood, but Lester Cotton wasn't that hot either. I'll tell you that right now. Don't let's not get it twisted. Lester Cotton wasn't very good either. That right side of the offensive line was pretty bad on Saturday. I got a DM about that Saturday, and I'm not going to lie. I recorded the game. I watched it last night. I was watching UFC on Saturday. I get a DM from someone doesn't usually DM me, and it's like, yo, Leatherwood and Cotton are stinking it up on the right side of the line. <laughs> and, I, and that's all I need to know. I thought someone hit you and was like, hey, what's up with your kinfolk, man? <laughs> yo, basically. <laughs> heard you've been hyping up Cotton a lot. He's looking. You know what? And that's all I needed to see. I was like, ooh, can't be going good for the Raiders. I'll on the tell you right now, then. he's been getting a lot of hype. A lot of folks have been talking about him, but he did not look good. On Saturday. And Alex Leatherwood, I've said it, and I don't want to sound like I'm just hammering the the young man and and beating him up or whatever, but you want to talk about a dude whose confidence has to be shot. I mean, there's no answer. There's no other answer for why he's struggling as much as he is besides the fact that his confidence is shot. We talked to Lincoln Kennedy about that last week. He was also on the morning tailgate this morning with Vinny Bonsignor and Heidi Fang and Clay Baker. So uh, if you missed that, you can check it out on LVSportsNetwork.com. And, you know, they brought up his confidence level. Leatherwood's confidence is just gone. Just gone. He didn't have it. I don't know how to get it back. He don't have it. Especially for someone who didn't watch the game live, Twitter gave me the perfect encapsulation <laughs> on what was going on. Everybody, at one point, I want to say, I think it was Vic Tafer or Paul Gutierrez that said he got pulled from the game. He did. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, I mean, because look, they've given up 13 sacks in three games. You it just can't do that. And, you know, to, to Lincoln's credit and, and a lot of other people's credit, you know, the offensive line is going to be the offensive line, and there's things that Josh McDaniels can do. He can get the ball out of Carr's hands quickly. Carr's great at getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He's going to protect himself at all times. But, man, if you want to have a real chance in this tough division, you've got to be able to solidify that offensive line. You just have to. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to hit the panic button uh, because it's not going to make me any difference one way or the other. I mean, we're going to be here to cover it, good, bad, or ugly, regardless. But I'll tell you right now, if you don't solidify that offensive line, you're not giving yourself the right chance that you should be given. Oh, it's straight no. up. I was listening to the athletic football show today, and they did their top 10 offenses in the league. And both of the guys, Robert Mays and Nate Tice, they said, hey, the Raiders are on the outside looking in for me. They would be a top 10 offense if that offensive line was just a little bit better. You know, and it's so funny because we did, throughout the course of the offseason, we did all these lists and we talked to people that had rankings and everyone got angry about the rankings because the Raiders weren't rated high enough. But what did every single person we talk about to a T say? The offensive line is their biggest question mark. And guess what? It's August 22nd. The offensive line is the biggest question mark. Now, I'm not saying they can't get it right. 
I'm not saying Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, and company aren't out there combing the waiver wire, combing the league right now. I, I believe they are. I believe they're they're putting in work to try to figure out exactly how this thing is going to be put together. But they have to figure out how this thing is going to be put together. They they have to do that to give the team an opportunity. Again, Carr could do the very best job he can and getting the ball out of his hand quickly. They can have a running back chip. They can have a tight end uh, there to help. They can do a lot of different things. There's plenty of things you could do to help out when the offensive line is struggling. But if you do that, then you're taking a playmaker out of the play. Then you're taking, you know, you're not giving yourself a chance for certain plays to develop. There's a lot of things that you take away if you have to result, you know, have that, those resorts. So I just think, and this is just my gut feeling, that the Raiders need to go outside the building and get it taken care of. So we'll talk to Ed Graney coming up at 2.30 uh, about the Raiders in general, but offensive line will obviously be something that we concentrate on. At 3 o'clock, you want to speak about the offensive line. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus, uh, he's been talking about the Raiders and their offensive line and what they need to do in particular, and he talked about they need to be on the phone right now. They have the cap space. They have the capital. They need to go get it done. And I'm, I'm, with the, I'm in the same belief. If you got the capital and you got the cap space, I mean, I don't need it in my bank account, right? I don't need it in my <laughs> bank account. Go make it happen. Go make it happen. Give yourself an opportunity. Yeah, we saw it earlier today where the Buffalo Bills traded away a guy yep. who started for him last Cody year. Cody Ford. Cody Ford, they, they traded him to the Cardinals so he can reconnect with Kyler Murray there. Mm-hmm. And you see what, what an offensive lineman is going for. And this is a guy who maybe they feel like who's ever behind him is going to be a little bit better this season. But this is a guy who's a starting caliber offensive lineman. I know at guard and the Raiders don't necessarily need a guard. Right. I mean, they, 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 I mean, they kind of do. Yeah, but, I mean, but, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And, and that's the thing. And that's what I can respect with what Arizona's doing. I don't know how good a team Arizona's going to be. I don't. I mean, we have guys that come on all the time that talk Cardinals, but I, I mean, I know that what they're trying to do, they put Marquise Hollywood Brown there. They reunited him with Kyler Murray, something he's familiar with. Cody Ford now, he's familiar with them. I mean, they're trying to put the pieces around him. Now they got to go out there and execute and make it happen. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying that the Raiders need to go and focus on the right side of that offensive line. The pieces are there. Everything everything sexy is great, right? I mean, you got you got uh, you got. Uh, Devontae Adams, you got Darren Waller, you got Hunter Renfro, you got Josh Jacobs. I mean, you got Derek Carr who can make it happen. There's a lot of sexiness on the squad. But man, when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, you know what I mean? When it comes when it comes down to what you don't see, the problem is you're seeing too much of what you're not supposed to see, right? You're seeing you're seeing a leaky offensive line. Can't do that, man. So, I mean, you can't be sexy if you can't if you can't go out there and, and put it on on display, right? Sexy don't mean nothing if it's in the closet and you can't see it. I was going to say, you're talking about the sexy, but the ugly on this team, <laughs> boy, is it ugly. Right, right. I mean, that's just reality of it. The ugly right now is ugly, and it, it's unfortunate, you know, because they have an opportunity to be a really good team. I know when Colton Miller comes back and is actually on the left side, that's going to help out. We talked about the O-line last week, and I said that I thought Jermaine Illuminor was probably the he was probably the lead in the track right now for the right tackle spot. Maybe he steps up and is that guy. Maybe he's not. That's obviously questions that uh, we'll get answered sooner rather than later, and I think this week will be an important week going up against the Patriots in uh, joint practices. Obviously, we'll talk about that. Matter of fact, at 3.30, Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Pats, he's going to join the show to talk all things Patriots, talk about what he expects them to bring to the table, who, by the way, they're in town already. Bill Belichick's been gushing about the the facilities, and uh, it's so funny because now that we've been to the facilities so many times and we get to see it all the time, it's, it's just like we roll up and it's like, oh, yeah, this is cool, but... It's one of the better facilities across the league. And Bill Belichick, 
uh, had that to say earlier today. We'll let you hear that later on the show. But Mike DeBate will join us from Locked On Pats to talk all things Patriots and uh, what to expect from them this week, not only in joint practices, but that final preseason game coming up on Friday. And then at 4 o'clock, Matt Lombardo from Heavy On Sports. He was talking about the Raiders' offensive line and and offense in general. So we're going to talk to Matt coming up at 4 o'clock, talk all things silver and black. So we got a star-studded affair for you today. Ed Graney at 2.30, Sam Monson at 3, Mike DeBate at 3.30, and then Matt Lombardo coming up at 4 o'clock. So now you know the guests that we have coming up on the show. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So now we're talking about the offensive line in particular, coming off of what you saw on Saturday uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Again, another uh, four sacks were given up by the the Raiders, and it's just that's not going to get it done, right? It's just not going to cut it. So if you're... GM Dave Ziegler, if you're Champ Kelly, if you're in that front office, what do you think the Raiders need to do with the right side of the offensive line? Lester Cotton, again, didn't have the best performance on Saturday. I think he can still work. I think he can still be a good player. But that right tackle has to be fixed before September 11th. So what do you think the Raiders need to do on the right side of that offensive line? And we saw the report earlier that uh, Isaiah Wynn, from the Patriots is available, or looks like he could be available. Obviously, the Patriots are in town this week. They've uh, done, had plenty of of uh, negotiations with the Pats in the in the past, and Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, obviously they know the Patriots really, really well. He is a left tackle. He's moved over to the right tackle in training camp. Should the Raiders make a move for Isaiah Wynn? He was a former first-round pick. He's playing on his fifth-year option. It's going to cost the Raiders about $10 million in salary, which is a lot of money, but if you go and you make the playoffs and you make a deep run, does it matter? Does the money matter? Doesn't matter at all. They just need to go over and be like, hey, man, we know you guys like all-purpose backs, right? Kenyon Drake, <laughs> maybe a fourth-round pick. Who says no? Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're going to go for uh, the running back. I think that they'll, they'll go for draft capital. I don't think that, they're, I don't think that they want uh, any of the running backs on the Raiders squad because they're pretty deep at the running back position right now. So I, I, don't, I don't see them needing a running back. But I do, I do see them obviously wanting some draft capital. So um, there is multiple reports out there. Albert Breer had it. Multiple teams have talked to the Patriots about trading for their starting offensive tackle, Isaiah Wynn, their 2018 first-round pick, currently due to make $10.4 million on his fifth-year option. Me? If it's me, and this is just me, I'm all in. I'm all in and say, I mean, because what do you have to lose? right? What, at, at this point, what do you have to lose? You know that you have a team that has an op- opportunity to be really good. So if you can go get one more piece that make your team that much better, yeah, it's going to cost you some money. But again, who cares? Just let's just be funny. Let's just play devil's advocate and say that they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Remember they did that. Remember when the when the Patriots did that when they went and got a uh, Darrell Rivas? Oh yep. Mm-hmm. Remember? And they paid him what twenty million in a year. Do you think anyone cares about that money? Because they went and hoisted a Lombardi. He was that missing piece. So they went and hoisted. You know, they they paid him that money. Nobody said a word about that money after that because it didn't matter. Now I'm not saying the Raiders are going to go win a Super Bowl if they go get Isaiah Win. But at least they're giving themselves an opportunity. Yeah, what you said there, like Darrell Reeves, that's a great example. Sometimes you need the hired gun. You need the guy that's going to come in here. And Dominic too, another example, where he was just bouncing from team to team. You know, when he was with the Bucks, I'm not saying that he's the reason that the Bucks won a right. Super Bowl. But sometimes it's just, hey, we know that we're only going to have this guy for a year, and we're going to make the best of it. Right. Little side note just coming in from Raiders PR on Twitter. Uh, Raiders roster moves as of today. Signed free agent linebacker Tate Davis, traded quarterback Nick Mullins to the Vikings in exchange for a conditional 2024 seventh round draft pick. 
placed defensive end Jordan Jenkins on the reserve injured list. So that was something I've been waiting for to see if uh, he, in fact, was going to be out for the season. And uh, he's on the reserve injured list. You saw him hurt his knee on uh, Saturday, and you could tell by the way he went down uh, that it didn't look good. And unfortunately for Jordan Jenkins, it's kind of been the story of his career is always being injured, injured, injured. So uh, here he is again. He is injured and out for the season. No Jordan Jenkins, a guy that's got, what, 25 career sacks under his belt. I mean, the guy has a little bit of skins on the wall, man. He, he could have actually provided some nice little depth behind Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby, but that's not to be. So Jordan Jenkins was the last guy signed, and now he's well, one of the first to go on IR uh, immediately after signing. So a uh, tough break right there for one Jordan Jenkins. But getting back to the offensive line, I just want to know what Raider Nation wants to do, what Raider Nation thinks that the silver and black need to do, what Dave Ziegler needs to do, Champ Kelly. And they're going to do, you know, they, they obviously, they're on top of things way more than we are. They know the ins and outs of the team. They know what everyone's capable of doing. They know who they have their eye on if they have their eye on somebody. They might be looking at someone right now on another team saying, this is the guy we want to go get. We don't know, right? So I'm not going to act like I do. But from what I know, and if I know that Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn's available, unless, and this is the only, only little caveat that I have to this, unless they know a lot more about him from being there in New England where they're like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Almost like a Trent Brown situation, right? Where, hey, it could be good, but not really, right? Just because it looks good on the outside don't mean that it really is good. That's the only way that I would say they shouldn't be picking up the phone, kicking the tires, and seeing what they want. Uh, and matter of fact, they don't even have to pick up the phone. Hell, all they got to do is walk down the hallway. Belichick's in the building, <laughs> right? I mean, at least at the hotel, he's not that far away. You know, they can, they can meet up for a, for a couple of smoothies or something, you know? <laughs> These joint practices are going to be an audition for him. Man. Because if he impresses us enough, it's just, hey, man. I we think he's, thinking about it before. I think he's a little banged up oh, right now, but I'm not 100% okay. sure. Yep. Uh, we got a text from uh, on the 69187 keyword R&R. text line from Operator Raider. Kenyon Drake's getting released. Yeah. Yeah, that was the news that Tom Pelissero dropped probably about 45 minutes ago. And I, 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 wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they find a way to trade him at the last second for something very low, like a seventh-round pick maybe in 2024. It's something that they've been very familiar with now. They've got, gotten two conditional picks in, in 2024 in the seventh round. Uh, I can see them making a last-second trade, but yeah, Kenyon Drake uh, will not be a member of the Raiders, that's for sure. Uh, I got a text from uh, the 702. Uh, with the Pats in the house, the Raiders better have staff guarding the locker room, all meeting rooms, and the trash cans. Pats staffers are shady AF. So there you go. Um, everyone remembers all the you know, filming this, that, and the other, but uh, I wouldn't worry about that too much. I think everything's going to be okay. Uh, Jason Jason and MD says, uh, you were right on Drake not making the team. I came on your side after the Hall of Fame game. Abdullah ran better inside, uh, but can catch just as well as Drake. Plus, he makes too much money for the new regime's liking, and you're 100% right with that. The only thing about Abdullah is that throughout the course of his career, he's just put the ball on the turf too much, right? I mean, he's he's... His ball security hasn't always been there, but you kind of knew what was up when he didn't make the trip to Miami, right? There was 30 guys, at least, that didn't go on the trip to Miami, and Amir Abdullah was one of them, and Kenyon Drake was there, and he was working. You knew then that, hey, the writing was on the wall, but uh, they still have a lot of running backs in that room, so we'll see what they end up doing, because, again, tomorrow by uh, at 1 o'clock, tomorrow um, Pacific Standard Time, they have to have the roster down to 80, and then next Tuesday, the 30th at 1 o'clock, have to cut it all the way down to 53. Uh, got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, I want to be the first to say that I was completely wrong on Usman this past Saturday night. Wow, the kick hurt around the world. I will say a shocker. 
hey, you win some and then you get knocked out. Didn't see that one coming at all. Damon, what was your reaction to this? Take care, guys. Sir Whiskey Ray and then P.S. Just got one more preseason to go. One more preseason game to go. That's all I'm going to say. Again, a Sir Whiskey Ray. So what was your uh, reaction to the, the the knockout or the kickout or whatever you want to call it? Uh, the KO from uh, uh, of Usman. Leon Edwards, man, a great performance there Like to get that knockout in the last minute of the fight. But... You prepare for these moments, and like he's obviously a trained fighter. He's in the more contender for a reason, but he got lucky. Nobody's plan is, hey, man, I'm going to get my butt whooped about 24 minutes, and then in that last minute, I hope that this one shot works. That's all you can do, though, at that last minute, right? Yeah, That's yeah, all no, you can had, do so is just say— he has to say, throw whatever he had left in the tank. I got it all, but nobody, yeah. But you know sometimes when you see people on Twitter, and I know Twitter is in real life, right? but people are just like, oh, I had it. No, you didn't. If that's how you thought he, that was his game plan going into it, <laughs> that, would, that couldn't have been it. But, you know, credit, credit to him. Yeah. Most weight champion of the world. But just like that last minute of the fight, his coaches, you know, you know how men them talk. And it was just, quit feeling sorry for yourself, Leon. You got to go out there, Leon. Why, and it's just, why you hit me with the accent, though? I don't. Give you that. I have to put you in the corner. I, clearly. Man you them, took me there. You, you took me there. Them talk. <laughs> <laughs> you took me there for sure. Unbelievable. That, not not going to lie. That's not what I expected to hear. But that's okay. That was good. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Is that how you do it? Stop feeling sorry for yourself. And it's like, man, okay. And then it's like, man, he's quit. On, he couldn't look his coach in the eye. That's what the commentators are saying. He couldn't even look his coach in the eye there. Wow. He's given up. But, hey, he showed us. Found a way to win. It's all that matters. Found a way to win. So, Raider Nation, what do the Raiders do with that right side of the offensive line? How do they fix it before September 11th? And should they be in play for Isaiah Wynn from the Pats? Give us your thoughts. 702-365-9200. We also have the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Got a lot of text messages rolling through already. Uh, Black Hole Jr. from the Bay said, Got to go get win from the Pats. He's got to be better than whatever is on the current roster. And I'm with you 100%. And I'm not saying that the the team is going to go do that. They might not even have him on their radar. And that's okay. If they don't, I'm sure that there's some plan out there because there has to be. I mean, the the Raiders come away with a victory on, on Saturday over Miami. And all I could think of was, man, that right side of that offensive line was just way too leaky. Way too leaky. You put yourself uh, in the in the position of... You know, kind of trying to play the the you know at home GM and just think, how do they fix that? They they've got to find a way to fix that. I mean, you might be able to overcome that a few times, but man, that's going to be a massive, massive problem if they don't get that fixed up quick, fast, and in a hurry. Geese mode said, "Q, you've been saying that we built this thing for maximum success in the two to three year window. Does Leatherwood project to peak in that time, or is this available tackle from the Pats a better fit?" Raider Nation needs, needs, needs a winner now. I'm wasted on all this developmental project stuff. I say we upgrade and solidify the line to win now. Let's go Raiders. That's from Geese Mode. And look, again, I said earlier, I don't want to sound like I'm piling in on Alex Leatherwood. I said at the end of last season, I said earlier in this offseason, I don't think he's a tackle to begin with. I think he's a guard. I think that's where he's best at. And that might just be what they need to do. They might just need to kick him inside the guard. Maybe maybe Lester Cotton's not going to be the guy. Maybe they put Leatherwood a guard. I don't know what they do. That right side needs to be solidified, though. And like I said, I saw some some holes from Lester Cotton as well on, on Saturday that made me a little concerned. Again, not going to overreact to a, you know, a preseason game, but just realize that if, you know, if the – if not backups because the Miami did have a couple of their starters in there, but if, if some guys that probably won't even be on the team were able to get penetration like that, what do you think they're, you know, the stars are going to do? But first off, hold on. It's not like oh, this was happening in the third, fourth quarter. Right. That first drive. Exactly. The first. So we can't just. Jared like, Stidham's helmet flew yes. for a reason. 
So it's not just, hey, we don't know if some of these guys are going to make the team. Right. We know if you're playing on the first drive of a preseason game, your spot on the team is most likely solidified at least. I would think you so for not the most like, part. Yeah, they're probably not playing all of their starters, but every person that was on their field is going to be on the team. Like That's someone that you're going to have to expect to see lining up across from you on a Sunday, whether it be a backup or not. Yeah, no, I, I feel pretty confident that uh, a lot of those guys will definitely be, uh, you know, be on the team uh, come September 11th when everything gets started. And so that again, that's why it was just concerning for me when I saw that because you, you like the result, you like the fact that the quarterbacks Jarrett Stidham, Nick Mullins, Chase Chase Garbers, they were able to overcome it. You know, like I mean, Stidham got the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. You know, uh, Mullins was able to uh, step up in the pocket a couple times and you know throw the ball away a couple times, but you don't want that all the time. You don't want to have to always be under duress. You don't always want to have to be saying, oh, blank, right? Oh, blank, look out. Abandon what that play was and try to dump it off to the running back. And luckily for the Raiders, they were able to do that a few times. Dump it off to the running back, and they're there to make a play, pick up five, six yards. But that wasn't where the play was designed, right? I mean, that was just a bailout. So that's that's what I'm talking about. That's why I think it's a it, it's something that's got to be addressed, and I'm sure it will be between now and September 11th, whether it's Isaiah Wynn or, or other I think that you've just got to go outside the building. I don't think that the starting right tackle, and I know I said Jermaine Illuminor last week, I don't even know if he's going to be the answer. I just feel like the starting right tackle may be outside of the building right now. Uh, Aaron Banal hit us up on Twitter and said, I think the problem is that no one is standing out at tackle. Everyone's just surviving, so no one is pushing anyone to be better. At the very least, they need to bring someone in to push these guys to be better because right now there's no consistent play. There's that C word again, consistent. Right, that's something that we've been talking about. Been looking for consistency for quite a while. Uh, my guy Mike Debate, who we're actually going to have on the show coming up at three thirty, just put out a tweet: trading Isaiah Wynn has been a hot Patriots topic throughout training camp, and it got a bit hotter with this morning's latest rumors. Good or bad move for Mac Jones and the offensive line. So now look, now people on the Patriots side are, are questioning if it's a good move or not. Uh, and going back to the the text that we have from Geese Mode, yeah, Isaiah Wynn, in my opinion, is a good is a good tackle. I think that he is probably one of the better tackles that they have on that roster. They moved him over from the left to the right side. I don't know if this is a money thing. They have plenty of money next year. I believe they have about $50 million in cap space. Talking about the Patriots. I'm not too sure why they want to move on from him, but we'll ask Mike coming up at 3.30 when we talk to him and talk all things Patriots. So Raider Nation, let us hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R. What do the Raiders do with the right side of the offensive line? How do they fix it before September 11th? And do you think they should be in play? for Isaiah Wynn from the Patriots. Coming up next, our guy Ed Graney. He'll be here in studio with us. He's from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We'll ask him that. We'll start off with that question. Is the right tackle of the Raiders currently on the roster? We'll start off with Ed with that next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And here we are back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Been talking about the offensive line because why can't you, right? You have to talk about the offensive line. Threw the question out there on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r What do the Raiders need to do with the right side of the offensive line? How do they fix it before September 11th? And should they be in play for Isaiah Wynn from the Pats? So we have Ed Grady from uh, ESPN Las Vegas coming up in a hot second. He'll be here in studio. But got a text message from uh, Rob in Oakland. He said, Cotton and Leatherwood. 
were flat out bad early in the game. In addition to poor technique when engaged, Leatherwood was slow out of his stance several times as though afraid to get a false start penalty. He's too far in his own head. I also saw Simpson get bull rushed deep into the pocket. With all the skilled players on the team, prime for Derek to perform, a poor offensive line is the quickest way to derail it. I'd give up draft picks to get a right tackle and or right guard. We have an open window and can't waste it. Again, that's from Robin Oakland. Great stuff. Great breakdown, my man. And, yeah, I'm right there with you with Cotton and Leatherwood from Saturday. Got a quick call, and then we'll get to Ed Graney. Operator Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's happening, Q? Chilling. Um, so, like I said in uh, prior shows, like I, one thing I can appreciate about this regime is that they they got it buttoned up. There's no leaks, and, and I think we all know the elephant in the room. And Dave Ziegler knows exactly what's happening right now. We don't have to question. They they know exactly what's going on. The offensive line needs needs help. I'm thinking he's the smartest one in the room. He's probably stacking these conditional seventh round picks. He, he's probably going to trade those away for a right tackle, and we don't even know. It's just, just Stuff like that that I'm thinking about that he, he knows what to do. And I, I think we should just take a step back, take a deep breath. He's going to take care of him. We, we know there's a problem. He's not going to let Derek Hart just get smoked every play. It's just not going to happen. So in Ziggler, we trust, and that's all I have to say. All right. Great call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, like I said, I, I, I believe there's a plan. I just don't know what the plan is, and it's, until we can see the plan, you know, we got to talk about it, right? I mean, I, I would be – I would be um, I'd be dumb if I if I came on the radio and didn't talk about the big uh, elephant in the room, right? Because it was the biggest obvious from the game. There was a lot to um, that you could take away from the game and say that you like. You know, you could talk about the wide receivers. You could talk about the running backs. Uh, you could talk about the defense multiple times. But you have to talk about the offensive line because that was a struggle. And again, like Robin Oakland said, uh, you want to talk about derailing a season, have a leaky offensive line that can help derail the season. Right now, joining us in studio, our normal Monday guest at 2.30 is Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, the Press Box with Tyler Bischoff, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And first of all, Ed, thanks so much for coming in the studio and hanging out with us, but let's jump right into it, brother. We're talking about the offensive line. Do you think that the Raiders' starting right tackle currently is on the roster? Not to sound too negative, but I hope not. Right. No, <laughs> I, no, I you're right. I uh, hope the right tackle's not on the roster now. We've seen so many people take their shot at it. We've seen some people get hurt. But Alex Leatherwood the other night, it really put in perspective that they need a right tackle. Um, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Jermaine. Um, oh, yeah, Luminor, yeah. Luminor beforehand, maybe. Um, you know, Thayer Mumford, like I said, you said for a seventh-round pick. I mean, you're really scraping the bottom there to, tr- to expect a guy to come in and do the job that is needed at right tackle. So my guess is, no, the right tackle is not on the roster. And as guys start getting released or if they start looking around uh, who's available, that they're going to – they're at least going to bring someone in. Right, right. They have to bring someone they in. they got to bring someone in. Yeah, they've got to. But the thing about it is, and I've said this multiple times, and I've had a little bit of pushback from Raider Nation, I feel like if you're waiting for a guy to get released – that's really playing with fire because how how talented of a guy are you really right. going to get at this point? And who do you know who's going to be released? You right. don't know who's going to be released money-wise and, and why guys are, are let go. So, yeah, I mean – Every day they seem to sign someone, and every day I look in the uh, you know look in the headline, and it's not an offensive lineman. It's not an offensive lineman, right? <laughs> I keep saying, when are they going to bring someone in? Unless they're seeing stuff we don't. Now look, they know a lot more than we do, mm-hmm. and maybe they're seeing stuff we don't. But I don't think that's the case on right tackle. I think we know enough to watch games and to watch that position and saying they need some help. Yeah, and you know I, I hate to make it sound like we're just beating up on Alex Leatherwood, but I'll tell you, and I said this I think last week, it feels like he just has no confidence right now, right. It, and it looks like and it. If you don't have there. any confidence, you don't have a chance. No, no, there's no shot. And so that's what the biggest issue I think with Alex Leatherwood is he doesn't believe that he can get it done. Right. When it comes to run blocking, great. 
pass protection, yeah. he's just getting whooped. And that's what it was. I mean, he literally was getting whooped all day on Saturday to the point where he had to get benched. Is it 15 sacks in three games? Uh, what, 13, I think. 13 but sacks. But who's counting? That's, uh, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of sacks, especially... Uh, yes. You can't you can't do that once you get your number one in there. No. You can't no. do that. I no. Mean, I mean, Derek Carr would be in trouble. Yeah. It just, and, and, and you can't have him yeah. in trouble if no. you're going to win any games. Exactly. It would I really... like Stidham, but <laughs> Derek Carr has to be healthy. He's got to be upright for these guys to do what they think they can do. I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney right now from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and he's in studio today giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate that. Now, I saw the report earlier today that the Patriots are talking to other teams about Isaiah Wynn, and he was a former first-round pick. Uh, he switched from the left side to the right side. And conveniently, the Patriots are in town yeah. this week for joint practices. What's the chances that, I don't know, Isaiah Wynn just walks to the other locker room and stays Is there? Is there a white jersey that fits him? <laughs> I'm, then, sure, I'm can, sure they can find one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know what number he wears, and maybe they'd have to trade off numbers with somebody. But um, th- there's a name, again, that, you mm-hmm. know, is that someone they'd go after? Um, I don't know what Dave Ziegler – I mean, obviously, Dave Ziegler, you know, knows these guys right. um, very well. Uh, but that's, that's one name that's out there, Q, and – I don't look. I don't know if he's the answer or not, but it, we both don't think the right tackles on the uh, on the uh, roster. And like I said before, you at least have to bring people in. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. they'll be the starting right tackle, but I don't think you can look at what they've done and say, "Oh, let's just go with these guys. Let's hope these guys improve. Let's hope we're right about these guys. Let's hope that you know they're better than what we've seen." That's too important a position with your quarterback back there who needs to be protected to kind of go on the fly. Right. And it seems like right now, as many people as they are interchanging into that line on a weekly basis. Now, again, they're preseason games, but here's the thing about preseason. Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Colton Miller, those kind of guys, they're left home. These guys in the line are being expected to play. They've right. brought these guys. They've played these guys in games, and we've seen what we've seen. It'd be one thing if these guys were all backups and all the starters were off, and you're like, all right, you know who the offensive line is. Right. These are the start. This is the yeah. offensive line. Yeah. And that's why they're having problems at right tackle, and they've got to fix it. And I'll tell you this. As far as the right side of the offensive line, I wasn't really impressed with what I saw from Lester Cotton on Saturday either. I thought he struggled a little bit. I thought the whole offensive line in general really struggled, you know, and, and on the right side, it just – I don't know, man. I mean, Lester Cotton's been a good story, but he's right. got to keep that up and play consistently. Yeah. Well, we can't have that happening. Right. Right. <laughs> you, can't right. Have, you can't have both sides on the right side, oh, and, you know, failing. Uh, you know, if it's just the right tackle, maybe you can do something. Maybe you can pick someone up. But Lester Cotton has to step up. Andre James has to play well. Yep. Simpson. I mean, we know Colton Miller's going to play really well. But, yeah, you can't have two guys on the right side underachieving. That would just be a disaster. Right. And, you know, Dylan Parham is still a guy that's playing yeah, all three still, positions. Yep. Right? Yep. He's still playing all three positions. So watch out for him. He's going to make some noise at some point. I don't know if well, it's going to be. He's definitely probably going to get an opportunity. For sure. Almost by As default. As he probably should. Right. Almost by default. But I think that he's also earning it. Right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. earning it by going out there and playing all three positions. It just, to me, that guy is the ideal guy that Dave Ziegler is looking for. Right? right. Just a guy that can do just about anything. And so that's what the Raiders need to get more of. So with the Patriots in town now for joint practices, what will you be paying attention to? I mean, I think that these are more even important than the game on Friday, but Tuesday and Wednesday joint practices should be interesting, but what will you be paying attention to? Well, for the first time in ever, I might not say the offensive line because you're really going to see the starters now get their first real look at mm-hmm. someone else. So I'm going to be looking at the offense. I'm going to be looking at Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter, and for all the starters okay. to see what they look like against another defense, against other looks that they haven't been going out and practice every day. And I, I prefer to watch them more than the offensive line. You know what? I always want. I also want to see if the Patriots block Max Crosby better than the Raiders have. Right. Because they haven't blocked Max Crosby, I think, all camp. Right. Uh, so when it comes to 
the defense. Um, I want to see the the ends go at it. I want to see how Crosby does. But mostly, I'm interested. I, I want to see if they can move the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited about that because I know it's been Stidham and I know it's been backups. But um, and Vic Tafer we had on the show this morning. I thought he made a really good point from the Athletic. I like their I like their purpose offensively. I like their rhythm offensively, mm-hmm. and you can see in your yeah. mind. Okay, if it looks this somewhat good with these guys running it, mm-hmm. what's it going to look like with the starters running it? Um, so I'm really excited to see that in terms of the offense and see his, you know, the plays that are called and who does what. Now again, it'll be controlled, it'll be scripted, and they'll know what to do or not. And then I've got to see. I want to see a few scraps. I want to see. I want to see some guys get pissed off and get into each other. Maybe a little fight or two. That'd be kind of cool to see. I think that's going to happen anyway. And I think it always does in these controlled. I do too. But I think that if I'm the Raiders and I've seen what's been going on with the Patriots and the Panthers, yeah, and they're coming to my house, I'm already like, yeah. wait a minute, hold on, man, you're not going to come in no. here and push me around, right? <laughs> I did ask. I did ask Vic if it spills into the crowd or where we sit. Um, as it did with the Panthers, and yeah. someone someone in the crowd got hurt. You don't want that to happen. Right. Like, you don't want fans getting hurt no, because no. these guys are like out of control. Uh, which media member would stand up and go at someone if they got spilled into? Vic said none of us, which I somewhat <laughs> agree with, that right. we'd all run for cover right. and run for the shade. Yes. Um, you know, the Minnesota kid, Sam Gordon, is pretty pretty cut and buff, but yeah. Sam's such a nice kid, right. I don't think it would be in him to like take on Max Crosby, although I think Sam could stand up to most people. Right. Um, so yeah, I think we'd all... We, oh yeah, we'd all run for the water. No, no, we're definitely where's the water? Right, exactly. We're definitely all backing up, and taking yes, a few exactly. steps back, and like, hold up, hold up. Hold, I'm not trying to get <laughs> no, involved no, in this. No. You know, I know, I know how much money I'm making. It's yeah, not exactly. what they're making. Exactly. You know, I got to make a business decision, man. Exactly. <laughs> it's got to be like Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. Can I go for the fumble? Right. Nah. Nah. It's good. I'm good. Nope, not going to do that. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney. He's in studio right now. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Trayvon Mullen is a guy I'm interested in. You know, I didn't see him on Saturday. He just returned from the pub list. How important do you think this week is for him? I think it's a huge week for him, especially going against another team, going against receivers uh, of the Patriots. I think it's huge. Um, it was good to see him back last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we walked out there, it was like, hey, look who's on the field. <laughs> right. But um, I don't know how much they've held him back in practice in terms of what reps they've given him, what they'll allow him to do this week. But look, eventually he's got to get in there and play. Right. I mean, he's got to get in there and do things. I don't know. It'll be interesting because I think a lot, I mean, if we've seen the first three games guys held out in the fourth game, I don't even, you know, who's even going to play in the fourth game? Right, exactly. I, mean, I think that, that's why I think this pr- practice These practices will be are big. so important to yeah. me because this is, the, this is really the only – let's say, serious actions a lot of these starters mm-hmm. are going to get, and probably, you know, deservedly so. Right. You just don't want to get anyone hurt. I think they think they have a chance to be pretty good, and they're being conservative. Some teams aren't. You know, Mahomes is out there playing in a half, and right. other guys are playing. But I like the way they're doing it. I, You know, Derek Carr didn't play at all in the postseason, or excuse me, the preseason last year through 4,800 yards. Right. Yeah, so he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be fine. I think yeah. Adams and Renfro and Miller and all these guys are going to be fine. But this week for these two days, hopefully we'll see them in action enough to where you're like, you really see what they're about. Right, exactly. And hopefully we see Waller out there. Uh, that would that would be great. He came back for a day and then he missed. Was so. he at the Aces game? I believe he was. Of I believe he, he, was. Was, he was. He was. He was. You know, he switched seats now. Oh, okay. He used to be right next to the visiting team, like almost on their bench. Yeah, yeah. Now he has moved over across the court, down from Mark Davis, right at the exit, so he can go in and out and get in and out very quickly. Nice, nice. Um, Strategic. I, yeah, I did hear he was. <laughs> I did hear he was uh, signing autographs for the game for people. Okay. So that was cool. That's good. Yeah, that was cool of him right. to do. Um, and yeah, he I, he was gone before. I do know he was gone before the game was over because it was such a blowout. I mm-hmm. looked over to seat and the seat was empty. Right. That makes. 
makes a lot of sense. And that was a blowout, man. Oh man, I look was at there. those aces, and now they got uh, now they have now they Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, again, and they just they're you know, better in Seattle now. They're not going to blow. They're not going to shoot twenty three threes again or make right. twenty three threes again. That's not going to happen. Or make their first ten shots. It was such an amazing offensive performance. But they are still good enough offensively to get it done. They beat Seattle three out of four times already this year. Right, twice in the last week of the season. So while it'll be a tough series because Seattle's good and you know they're going to make adjustments, I think the Aces. Man, if they defend, I think we're going to have a... Would we have a parade? No. Would the Aces have a parade? Probably Maybe. A parade. I don't know. Does, Key does, to the does, city? Yeah, Something like that. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I told uh, someone the other day, I was like, I don't really do parades now. If I, you know, if it was me having to go cover it or something, right. I, I would. But right. I don't know. I mean, that would be an interesting parade. The hmm. last parade I was at, and the only reason I was there is because we were up in Oakland when the Raiders had not moved here yet, but mm-hmm. they were coming. Yeah. So we'd go up to Oakland and cover them all the time. Right. Was the Patriots, or excuse me, not the Patriots, what I'm saying, the Warriors' last one with KD. Gotcha, gotcha. We just went over there and covered it. So I got there at 4 in the morning. It didn't start to like 11, but you had to get there at 4 in the morning for the media. Of course. Um, so it was a nightmare. But, um, yeah, that's the last parade. I don't... I'm not uh, fully into parades. Yeah, I'm not a big parade them. guy. Right? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind going and getting some audio here and there, you know. But not really. I don't know. I know. It's. It's not. I think they're going to win it. I, I, I think man, they're going to win it. That would be awesome. It That'd really. Be cool it would for be. the city to have a, uh, have a pro course. championship. Absolutely. Man, it sure would be, and especially Becky Hammond her first year, yep. and Mark Davis is the owner, so maybe yep. that could trickle on into the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center as well. There you, you know, go. Get they're that, building that facility right next to it. Get that championship juju going, right? Right. right. <laughs> I got it before I let you go, Ed. I got to ask you about the big rumor that uh well not even rumor but the big i guess revelation that came out over the weekend with dana white in the ufc event um i don't think it's really a a big story because nothing ever came of it but he says he's put together the broad brady and gronk to the raiders gruden said no probably was a good thing uh what are your thoughts on that well first of all gronk had to be traded for it to even happen exactly he wasn't even available until then although he did get traded with brady to, to tampa bay i believe much of it um, the part, and we were talking about this in the show this morning, the part that's almost hard to believe is it was almost a done deal. Right. Because that insinuates there might have been a contract on the table. Mm-hmm. They might have gone that far. Do I believe Dana White had Tom Brady convinced, hey, come here? Right. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see Brady going, okay, you know, he likes Dana White. I mean, you know, whether he's looking for houses here or not, I don't know. I could right. see that. Um, I could see Dana White um, and Mark Davis getting along well enough to where maybe there was some conversation, mm-hmm. hey, this guy wants to come. Right. Dana That's, White's a hell of a promoter. He's so a hell of a promoter. You already know that. That's a big step, though, from going there to, hey, there's a contract on the table and John Gruden's going to say no. Right. Um, now, maybe John Gruden – well, here's another thing people forget. And I know it's Tom Brady, and I get it. But Tom Brady wasn't very good his last few years in New England. He, I should say this. He wasn't Tom Brady. Right. Wasn't good against Miami in that last regular season game. Wasn't good against Tennessee in the playoffs when they lost in the wild card game. Yep. And, what, 42-43 at the time. So I could also see John Gruden saying, okay, I've looked at tape – He's going to be 43. Right. No one in the world thought he was going to Tampa and win a Super Bowl. A right. lot of people thought they might not even have a winning record. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people forget that because it's right. Tom Brady. Especially his first game. Remember his first game? He looked yeah, terrible. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, and kudos to him for winning the Super Bowl. I mean, it's Tom Brady. He right. went and did, proved everyone wrong like usual. So I believe a lot of the story from Dana, the we're right there at the end and the, and the deal was almost done. That's hard to believe. The agent had to be involved. Dana White can't sign contracts in the NFL. Right. He can't. He can't broker. I mean, I guess he could broker it, but he right. can't be there in the end. That's the agent and the team. So, look, it didn't happen. I think Gruden and Mayock really believed in Carr. Mm-hmm. I thought. I think that they thought they could make him, you know, into a, a, a good quarter. A, you know, a great quarterback, and he's a very good quarterback. Right. I shouldn't. I should say that he's a very good NFL quarterback. Um, so, 
you know what? It's a couple news day cycle. It's a couple mm-hmm. days of news cycle. Right now it's over, and you go on, and Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and you know I think he's going to come back today to Tampa Bay, and who knows he might win it again this year. But in the moment, because it was Tom Brady, I think people forgot about a lot of periphery stuff around right. that, and you know why John Gruden might have said no in the end. And I don't think that the Raiders were set up to win right then anyway. No, you remember the offensive line? <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> the offensive line was a disaster. The, the, I don't the think they were great players, defensively. Right, and the skill players weren't even at the right. level yet. I mean, Henry Ruggs didn't play yeah. that well. So, right? you know, whether John Gruden said $25 million's not worth it because of the team we have, right. maybe that was it. I'm not so sure, but, you know, it, I think there was something to it. I don't think Dana White, I don't think Gronk says tell the story and Dana White has Just this whole story and, not, and he made up a story. Right, I, I agree. I think there were talks between him and Tom Brady, maybe between him and Davis, Tom Brady. But I also think if Mark Davis wasn't on it, at the end of the day, he trusted John Gruden enough. John Gruden was going to make the call. Right. And by the way, he should have. When you give a guy autonomy, you can't say, hey, I'm giving you all the power, but now I'm going to make this decision right. on Tom You're Brady. You're overruled. No, yeah. It ha- he couldn't overrule him because he right. had given him all the power. Right. So Gruden you know, ultimately probably made the decision. They moved on. And like I said, props to Brady. He won the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. But exactly. I don't think in the moment anyone thought that was going to happen. No. No, I don't think so either. So I thought it was really not a big story, but of course it's a story. It's Dana White. It's a story. Right. It's the Raiders, it's Brady. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to talk about it, but uh, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in it. Well, Ed, this is fantastic as Thanks, always. Buddy. What do you got coming up? What are you uh, working on? Uh, our guy, Jermaine at Right Tackle, I'll have a column on him in the paper tomorrow. Nice. And Tyler and I, uh, I'll, you and I will be out at the joint practices. Yes. So uh, Tyler will be here with Adam Candy on the press box, and you and I will enjoy those joint practices. And we'll see if we have to escape any kind of fisticuffs that exactly. may happen. I'll be running for the water. You'll, you'll see me because I'll be the first one going for the water. It's going to be a battle between <laughs> me and you. Who gets <laughs> the water, water. first? <laughs> Ed, thank you so much for thank your time, you, my man. Appreciate you. I appreciate it. No doubt about it. Ed, fantastic job as always. Definitely appreciate you, my man. And, uh, I'll, I'll be be there bright and early to check you out at practice and all that good stuff. So uh, Raider Nation, want to hear from you. What do you think the Raiders need to do with the right side of the offensive line? How do they fix it before September 11th? Should they be in play for Isaiah Wynn from the Patriots as he looks like he is available? 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Come back, close out hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus will join us to talk about the Raiders offensive line. But right now on the phone lines is our guy Raider Mac. Raider Mac, hit us with what you got. We got about a minute. What's up, my man? Q, I just want to say the offensive line on the right side, both sides didn't play good at all. I I don't want to overreact because it is Monday but um, Leatherwood needs to go inside and try to get Daryl Williams. I mean, the team is solid. Our team, hey, our, the special teams, I, even though the kicks were going to end zone, we didn't see much of that. But everything else looked good. Mm-hmm. Defense, the, the the corners, everybody looked good. We looked solid. Yeah, but I agree. to me, I, like I said, we go get Daryl Williams from Buffalo. I've been saying that for the whole year. We will not be able to win the AFC West or even win get to the playoffs with that offensive line. So that's all I have to say. Is not don't overreact. Just move Leatherwood inside. That's all. 
Okay. Move him inside. No, good stuff. Good stuff. Raider Mac, thank you for the call. And, yeah, that might be the solution, putting him in the, uh, inside and going and getting a guy at the tackle position. Uh, I already penciled a Luminor in as the right tackle, but if you go outside the building, maybe a Daryl Williams is a guy, maybe an Isaiah Wynn is a guy, maybe other is a guy. But uh, I'm with you. I thought that the special teams unit looked really good, especially uh, coming off the first two games of the preseason. They looked a lot better uh, with especially coverage. Like you said, they kicked the ball into the end zone, so there was no coverage, and that's okay. Give up 25 yards. That's fine. Give up 25 yards. That's better than giving up a big play. So I'm with you, Raider Mac. Appreciate the call. 255 is the time. We'll come back. Kickoff hour number two. Sam Monson will join the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.